This, this, this is the Rich Eisen Show. News of the day. What do you think of J.J. Watt signing in Arizona, DJ? I was shocked. I did not see that one coming. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I just thought he was going to try and cherry pick a team that he thought could get him to the winner's circle. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NBA analyst Jeff Van Gundy, Cardinals general manager Steve Kime from NBC's Young Rock, actor Matthew Willig, and now it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Hey, welcome to this edition of the Rich hey. Eisen Show. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen, sitting here in Los Angeles, California. Good to see Chris Brockman hey, over there. Good to see it's you. It's great to see you, Rich. Good to see you. And everybody, all hail the Rich Eisen Show audio executive, Mike Not Del yet. Tufo. Mike Del Tufo. Um, hey, look, everybody. Uh, Mike's already done his cardio today, getting <laughs> us on the air. <laughs> so how many steps I got already. Mike, I did 12,000 yesterday. Good to you. Good to good job. Uh, and then uh, and good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson, social media grandmaster of the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I'm you great. Know? You know, we, we we clown on Mike a lot, but he got it done this morning. He certainly so. did. With he other certainly people's did. help. I no, 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 look, look, look. Bottom Mike, line take is, all the credit. I mean, no, no, no. We're on the air. It's great. And look, and 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 Mike, in your honor mike in your honor in honor of you i start the rich eyes and show with a my bad i'm raising my hand my bad my bad raising my hand and my bad and mike del tufo's honor write that down brockman my bad my bad bad. i will always own up to uh stuff I will say I did think Mike was going to miss that drop. Uh, very good. Well, that's, that's a Mike. Del, that's a, that's a. By the way, that just freaked me out. I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, I didn't, I'm, I didn't I'm not know. Since that was weird. Did, since when did Brockman learn ventriloquism? I don't know. He's throwing his voice all over the place. I was like, well, his mouth's not moving. No, my bad. My bad. Um, because I'll own up to. I, I, I'd have to say, you know, t- uh, 2021 is is just two months and now two days old, right? Um, I don't know if I, I think I probably had this take at the end of 2020. So worst take I've had in, in, in months, in the last few months, worst take a, my bad, don't trade your whole team for James Harden. I, I think that that has to be, <laughs> that has to be maybe my worst take. Like I why need to go take back. A, yeah. Well, because again, let's, let's just put it all in perspective here. I had a higher register about that way. Okay. Long. Right. You I know what I mean? This. Like, I, because the guy was all, you know, uh, honey bunned out, right? Literally, just like, call him fat. I, just, I don't want to I mean, do just that. Call him fat. He was I fat. don't want to do that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a total specimen. <laughs> um, so I, I, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to slow my roll a little bit there. All right, he was. He, he looked a little bit uh, big in the community. to Use as Dan Patrick <laughs> yeah, says. Okay, right. and so. Um, and we were wondering about his work ethic, and this guy um, doesn't come through in the in the clutch, right? Isn't that his? Absolutely, man. I mean, absolutely. It, it's it is James Harden um, the I guess most slighted uh, in terms of uh, coming through in clutch, most slighted self-made man, right? I mean, like he he's not. He's not somebody that was a, a first overall selection. Obviously, he was much ballyhooed coming into the NBA. But sixth man, right? Let's not forget. He's 
He was he's played with Durant before, coming off the bench, right? Like this is he was a sixth man. Didn't he win the sixth man of the year award once upon a time? He did. Like, he was. He did. He I, was the third overall pick. I will. Say. I understand that, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. he was. He's still, you know. He didn't step into a starting role. Right, right. right. He was sixth man in 2012. Right? Mm. Now look at him. <laughs> now look at him. He's amazing. He's amazing. And I, so, so, He's so you know, I, I, was, I was buying into the, well, his work ethic is this, it's not that, and he's trying to get his way out of town. And to salute James Harden. According to ESPN Stats and Info. That's an info. According to Elias, pardon me, I don't want to get in trouble. The Elias people get very upset if you don't credit where it's due. His triple-double last night in the overtime win over the Spurs. First ever triple-double with 30 or more points, 15 or more rebounds. Uh, 15, pardon me, 15 or more assists, 10 or more rebounds. And zero turnovers. <laughs> Since turnovers, since personal individual turnovers started being recorded in the 1977-78 season. That's not me. And by the way, that's his seventh triple-double since joining the Nets in just 22 games, which uh, he's closing in on the record for most triple-doubles in a season by a net. Jason Kidd had 12 and 51 games before yeah, he was traded going. in the middle of the 07-08 season. That's going down. <laughs> Because Kyrie said, get used to it. And he goes, "That's I think we should start employing the phrase, get used to it. That's what he said after. And Durant's not even. Not playing. Durant's not even out there. They went 4-0 on their West Coast swing without Durant. All right. I turn to you, sir, again. I turn to you, T.J. Jefferson. What? Your Sixers. I think that's the only chance. T.J. <laughs> Only chance in the East. Yeah. Stopping him. Wow, you're brewing out the box, huh? Two-time MVP. Once well, as you know, one of my also bad takes was don't trade everything. Don't don't blow up the heat for for Giannis. <laughs> so man, I, just a little bit. I might I might by the end of the day, and by the end of the day, I mean ten some odd years from now, be. I might I might call you on like my 60th birthday, knock on wood, and say, you know what, I was right. This one, I'm already my bad, and you know. <laughs> So you admitting that Tyler Harrow isn't quite Giannis? Well, I'm admitting no, I'm not I'm I still think the Heat, who have come on strong a little bit lately, um I, I'm 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 still believing the Heat um are are a team that shouldn't be broken up mm-hmm. for Giannis. Right. I still believe that. Right. But who's do you think there's anybody in Brooklyn, anybody who roots for the Nets, anybody who's maybe like Kyrie who Grew up loving Drazen Petrovich sitting there off of what exit fifty eight on the Garden State Parkway or wherever the heck he was and sitting there and you know yeah who has who has nothing but those good feelings of the old Brendan Byrne Arena you know like that's right they played in Piscataway and Brendan Byrne okay all of that just like they have you think there's anybody sitting there thinking man. All those picks we gave up for James Harden. <laughs> As of right now, no. That's, again, why I always say whenever these big trades were made, you know, everyone's like, that's a lot to give up. Well, who the hell cares if it works out? No, if a trade works out, nobody ever talks about what you gave up. Nobody remembers it. Nobody. Never. The only trades were huge you know, draft choices were employed 
that you talk about it or when the trade doesn't work out. Like, honestly, we'll be talking about the Herschel Walker trade forever. Well, so it works so out forth. for us. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but for you, you didn't get, I mean, you know, the Herschel Walker trade is you, you got Herschel. I mean, you got Herschel off your, oh, is that a $5, $10 fine right there for, Whoa. that was uh, the was social that? media Grand Maester's phone, not on Yo, stun. Not on, not on yeah, We used to collect money in a hat for that. We yes. did. We did. Back in the day. We haven't done that in a while. But at any rate, so James Harden, two salute. Good job. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks have fired uh, uh, Lloyd Pierce. That's now two coaches. The Hawks and the and the, um, and the the uh, uh, Timberwolves have fired their coaches. Uh, unlike the Timberwolves, though, um, the, the Hawks just went with somebody on their staff. And Nate McMillan, who was just uh, on their staff, uh, added in this particular offseason. And uh, McMillan apparently met with Lloyd Pierce before taking the job. And uh, the Timberwolves, as we all know, went and had this fully baked long-term contract for somebody uh, that wasn't even on their staff. So at least they stayed in-house. The 11th-seeded Atlanta Hawks um, currently in 11th place in the East, despite adding Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari and Clint Capella, just to name three. Rondo, I guess it's playoff Rondo. It's not playoff playoffs Rondo, yet. Yeah. Regular season Rondo has not worked Rondo. out for them just yet. Nope. Um, they're 14 and 20, 11 of their 20 losses had a fourth quarter lead for them get blown so we'll talk about all this with jeff van gundy uh when he joins us at the top of the next hour and uh, um and also on this program a lot of football dan orlovsky's gonna be first up in about 11 minutes time from espn steve kime the man who signed jj watt to the hey. dotted line will be joining us top of hour number three i still can't believe that jj watt signed with the card and matthew willig he plays Andre the Giant in Young Rock, which we know is about the the Rock, right? Um, he plays Matt Matthew Willick plays Andre the Giant. Uh, some of you may know Matt Matthew Willick when he was Matt Willig on the offensive line for the San Francisco 49ers. Mooch Willig. was his coach at the time. <laughs> also, you might recognize him as well. Uh, he's one of the Vikings from the "What's in Your Wallet" commercials. Oh, right, That's right, one of the first right, things right. he did. Now he's Matthew Willig, actor, actor. playing Andre the Giant. He's in an hour number three. You also may know him from the greatest mooch story ever. <laughs> well, I don't know if we can repeat that. What Willig! we will do, what we're gonna do is just go ahead and go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. A story that Mooch tells privately, never <laughs> publicly. Yeah. I once brought up on the air to Willig. <laughs> Because it involves uh, a Kevin Barlow, Kevin Barlow the, the yep. running back Kevin at the Barlow, time, yep. uh, a cell phone, a cell phone. Uh, that Barlow was always on, and the offensive lineman who could not stand him being on the phone, <laughs> um, doing something with the phone, uh, placing it in uh, a spot place. where the sun does not shine, and yep. the place yep. belongs to Matthew Willig's rear end. Speaking, speaking of young rock, it's so, something rock used to always say in his wrestling promo. Take take an object, shine it up, shine it up turn nice. it sideways, and place it somewhere. Oh. So yeah. So there's actually connective tissue. Connective tissue tied together, man. So it would be germane for me to bring this story up to Matt Willard. I mean, why not? Oh my gosh. Hour <laughs> number three just got that much more interesting. Let's put it that way. And let me just say one thing here, Chris Brockman. Hey, Rich. Um, the New York Knickerbockers. Wow. 
the New York Knickerbockers, what's their record right now? Hold on a minute. Don't tell me their record right now. Okay. Don't tell me their record right now because I am seeing videos. Mm -hmm. I am seeing them all over the internet. I'm seeing them all over the internet of jubilant Knicks fans outside of Madison Square Garden celebrating. So let me ask you this question. (laughs) Did the New York Knicks have they, and maybe that's what Van Gundy's coming on, did the season end? Did they give out the Larry... Francis oh, O'Brien um, trophy to the New York Knicks. Did they give out the Larry OB to the New York Knickerbockers? No, 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 no. 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 On, it's all about the Larry OB. Unless the Larry <laughs> OB is going 18 and 17 in your first 35 games. Is that what the Knicks record is, Chris? I'm just throwing darts at a board here to see if I'm accurate. 18 and 17, oh. the four seed in the East Look right now. Look at the New York Knicks going to host a playoff game in front of 25 Ziggies and 100, you know, Ziggyettes and the owner and two age inappropriate lady friends of his <laughs> sitting on either side. Not necessary, but accurate. Hey, everybody. Don't look across. Don't look across the Brooklyn Bridge. Do not avert your eyes from the sudden mediocrity. But there's signs of life, right, Chris? There's signs, signs of, life. of life. I man. love IQ, man. I do like watching him play. And I have even gone higher register. But kind of a fun team to watch. Julius Randle is playing out of his skull. Yes. He is playing all-star caliber basketball you know 23 11 every night rj barrett's a little he's up and down that's 17 still young 17 a game still young bull no no look he's he's you know he's kind of playing like the current duke blue devils oh boy wow no i'm serious sometimes what no no i mean it's accurate he's on the bubble of of bursting out true that right fair 17 and, and then five there's a whole year. bunch of other guys that are coming in and playing hard for Coach Tibbs. 18 and 17. I, I, I will just say this. It is great. It is great. Certainly when the other way could be, you know, 7 and 28, like past years, 18 and 17 looks like 30 and 5. Why, did I do proper math, by the way, in the, off the top of my head? Did that just happen? Did I just come up with figures that add up to 35? I'm yes. going to just assume you did because I can't count either. So, Boy. It's great to see you I have mean, like, some no, hope. Honestly, if Mike Del Tufo becomes an internet IP wizard, I can do math off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're picking up what I'm putting down. Uh, you know, I, I, I sit here and I go back and forth where I'm like, yes, the Knicks are beginning to actually show signs of life. The coach, some of these players, they they hit on a draft choice in Emmanuel quickly, who is just so much fun to watch. Oh, oh let's go trade for Derrick Rose and put the brakes on this kid. I'm not going to go there. Don't go negative. Just stay positive. Stay and positive. then you see the rest of these folks out there going crazy over 18 and 17, and I sit there and I go down the Dolan wormhole. I say these are the people that Dolan is counting on. He's counting. I'm seriously. I go around and I sit there and I think you are sheep. You're sheep. You're celebrating 18 and 17 when across the Brooklyn Bridge 
You're seeing what championship basketball, they're the aggressive ones. They're the ones with the stars. They're the ones who have a shot to win it all. Not going 18 and 17 and celebrating like you're throwing ticker tape in lower Manhattan. Easy. And I'm sitting there thinking, Harden's not in Madison Square. He's in Barclay Center. Kyrie could have easily said he grew up a diehard Nick fan in New Jersey <laughs> because that's probably half the Ziggies I'm seeing running around outside Penn Station, probably taking the N- NJ Transit to go back home. <laughs> They're the bridge and tunnel crowd running around. All right, we're in a full-fledged world. Yes, we Let's are. go. Let's go. Yes, we're in a full-fledged world. Hold hold I got a lot to work out of my system, Chris. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were just peeking, but no. No. Don't I'm pull them back, there, Chris. I'm go. There, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there thinking Kyrie could have easily said I grew up a Nick fan. <laughs> nope. He's going to Brooklyn. Durant. Nick's put Durant's face on some sort of brochure or pamphlet. On the go side buy of the season ticket. We're going to have a great summer. And Durant's like, I'm going to Brooklyn. Yeah, they put him on a building put across the street from the, the garden. garden. Put him right on a wall. Yeah. They're not in midtown Manhattan. But what's in midtown Manhattan is cause for excitement. But they're running around. I just I saw that video and I'm like, at the, the 1990s version of me watching Charles Smith still trying to make a layup. But the 1990s version of me was like, we're not close. Thank God the 90 Knicks were not 18 and 17 and celebrating about it. So I'm conflicted. That's basically (laughs) what I'm saying. It's basically what I'm saying. You know, when you started, I thought you were going one way. I'm conflicted, but I'm sitting, honestly, I'm seeing this video and I'm like, come on, be better than it. Act like you've been there before, but the age of the people, they have not been there before. They've been 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 20 games worse. They've been 20 games worse. So 18 and 17, but don't forget the eye on the prize. What's going on is across the East River. That's what you should want. The question is, is that what you're going to get based on what's currently cooking? I mean, just hope again, just hope again, the owner stays out of it because the owner hired some, you know, somebody from uh, CAA just up the road here in Los Angeles, say, go be the president. And now things are beginning to work. And that is the four seed. Now, the difference between the four seed and the 10 seed. uh Oh, I'm going to attempt to do math right now. (laughs) Uh Three uh, is the difference in the wins and one in the losses divided. That's just two games. One in the loss. That's it. That's the thing about the Atlanta Hawks who just fired their coach. I know, they're in it. Look at the Wizards. Bradley Beal and Westbrook finally playing, and now suddenly they're in the mix. Not out of it. in the mix in the East, except the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are going to destroy everybody, except your team. We'll see. Your team. Embiid and and Simmons and Tobias Harris and Seth Curry and all those young guys that – our friend Daryl Morey's put together. I know I haven't named all of them, but put them together with Doc. We'll see. We need we'll a little see. bit more. We need a little bit more. Well, it's coming up, don't you think? I would hope. All right, let's take a break here. Let's be on time for Dan Orlovsky best we can. And then after, there's one thing about the NBA that I have not brought up that I will bring up after Dan before Jeff Van Gundy. I think we might even have the birth of a new segment, Something I've Noticed. That's what's going to be called. <laughs> Something I've Noticed. Something I've Noticed. <laughs> okay. You got to say it three different times and three different inflections. Right. Dan Orlowski coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly 
Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What do you want Drew Brees to do? Well, we went and we did that piece at Boudin Bread Factory. Right. They made this great Rich Eisen show logo. Right. Made out of bread, they lacquered it. And Rockman and I hold it, and we see if Drew can break it with a football. <laughs> a little toss. Is it like, like French bread? I mean, uh, It's a sourdough base. Oh, this okay. is one of the most accurate throwers in National Football League There's history, a and I club. like that. I, I mean, it's... Are you checking that on the flight home? No. <laughs> no, so it's, and it's no not problem. edible either, right? It's not edible. What about what about though taking one of the football breads and going and throwing? Let's make it him run out for a pass and see if he can catch the the bread the football yes. bread. Okay, so yes. we do that, and then and then this gets preserved. We don't have to break yeah. that thing, yeah. right? <laughs> see, or if he catches it, yes. then I get an attempt an attack. at the. Ooh, okay. I'm down See, for this. this is the, you're showing off your leadership oh, skills, wow. is that? Drew. You're yeah. showing off your leadership. Well, somebody's got to take control here. Let's okay. go. <laughs> Come on. All right, let's go. You got to lick your head. You got to lick your hands. Okay, lick your fingers. All right. So, bread rolls first here, right? You got to run out for a pass. This is um. Wow. This has some. Uh, Got some lights. We have some you, know, lights. you know what though? I, I, the laces are protruding nicely. You see? The, okay. You see that? You see how that's just kind of well, it's, layered? It's, they're going this way. Yeah. It's yeah. Booting, booting Bakery. You got to run a real route. Right. Is this filled with chocolate? What do you want, you want like a seven-yard? Well, yeah, yeah. So just uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just kind of pop them all here. Yep. There we go. Perfect. We'll post. Oh! You made that look easy. No! <laughs> all right, let's do all right, it. So, can we get that? Somebody miss a target for a change. Oh. Okay, I can't even watch. Right? 
Russell. No, no, no. <laughs> You're too competitive to do that. Here we go. Just, I he, mean, he. We have a photograph of the yeah. We have a photograph. pieces put back together. I mean, it's funny, he, Rich. He, those he, were the days when he could throw it ten yards. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> I mean, the audacity. I mean, Good old days. What is your problem? Good old days. I mean, what is your problem? Spitting truth, baby. Oh, okay. Spit oh. Truth. <laughs> so I'm, so I love bad. Drew Brees. I hope he comes back. That'll be great. By the way, so does oh, everyone else in the NFC South. South. I was just going to say, <laughs> you know what? The NFC I, South is I never thought I'd have to cape for a goat who pretty much owns every record in the books. But back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio audience, eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial. Uh, let's talk some football. Uh, talk quite a bit about the NBA to, uh, to start the program. But JJ Watt has signed with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, as we know the. Quarterback carousel is spinning off its axis because, as I pointed out, the Tom Brady effect is in full play here. All the veteran quarterbacks looking at Brady thinking, maybe the way that I've done it uh, isn't the only way, and let me try it somewhere else where everyone's going to love to have me as opposed to here where I'm trying to play within a system or have a coach that has a system. Or there's a team out there thinking, maybe we're just one player away. Let's go do it. Let's be aggressive. So lots to talk about uh, from ESPN. Get up and so much more. Our friend Dan Orlovsky back here on the program. How are you, Dan? What's going on, boss, man? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Did I see in the commercial break you and Damian Woody tweeting about being on a Peloton bike? Did I see that, Dan? Man, I just, I just got off the iron horse. It was a really impressive performance, if I may so my, say so myself. <laughs> okay, so, very good. Uh, I, I saw Woody wants to get on, so I'd love to kick his teeth in on that, too. Okay, so uh, are, you, are you putting on your Peloton profile all the other uh, organizations that you might uh, want to uh, broadcast for outside of ESPN, yeah. or that's just somebody else that's fake yeah that would go over really well with jimmy picaro (laughs) would be my guess yeah yeah well you you would be kj orlovsky right that's the way it would be yeah my agent my agent david cooney and matt olson at caa would be on me in 10 seconds delete that delete that delete that take that down oh my gosh well let's 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 talk about i guess the here and now uh dan orlovsky because i was feeling a little bit of heat uh, the other day, and I was wondering, is it just hotter outside, or is that Dan Orlovsky's take that the Seahawks should fire Pete Carroll if he stands in uh, Russ Wilson's way? Could that have been it, Dan, the, the, the other day? No, no, that, 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 was, a, that was an accurate <laughs> feeling of mine. Um, here's, here's why I stand on the Russell Wilson situation. Okay. It's one of two things. I don't mm. think this is football-related. I don't think Russell's that bent out of shape of his offensive line or – Whatnot. I think this is either that he's unhappy playing with a defensive-minded coach that, you know, halfway through the season or 10 games through the season last year decided, okay, we got to run the ball a little bit more and, you know, Russ throwing around a lot is slowing down for us a little bit. He's unhappy doing that, and it's about that relationship. Or this is about 20 years from now, Russell Wilson, and Russell's brand and legacy and trying to become the NFL's Magic Johnson, so to speak, when it comes to ex-player businessman. Mm. And the Seattle Seahawks got to figure out which one it is. Because if it's about Russell Wilson's brand 20 years from now, his mind is already made up. It, it's done. No, one more year in Seattle is not going to change that. So 
I would say in that moment, you got to figure out a way to move him now because his star is the brightest. Get as much as you can from him from a desperate organization. If it's about Pete, if Russell's like, no, I, I have no desire to leave Seattle. I want to play here forever. And this is about being unhappy with the style of the organization or the brand of football. Then you got to sit there and go, well, is it repa- repairable between th- those two guys? And if it's not, are you going to give up Russell Wilson to keep Pete Carroll? I would not. Huh. Okay. So uh, let's parse this a little bit um, because you're an, also perfect to ask about this. Uh, former quarterback who also is outstanding at watching tape and communicating about it. Russ, the 397 sacks, all the offensive line? Or is Russ not thrown on time? Or what would Pete Carroll say about all those sacks that uh, have been suffered by the quarterback? And and whether it's the system or the uh, offensive yeah. line or, or a team effort, if you will, yeah. on that front? Yeah, Dan. some of them are on Russell. There's no question about it. Um, 60-40 offensive line to Russell. You know, it, it, obviously it takes everybody. Receivers, wrong route, you know, poor communication, all that stuff. But I've heard that get said over the past couple weeks that Russell owns some of them um, because of his style of football. And I've kept my mouth quiet on it because I feel like when people say that, I go, well, no, no, duh. But that's why he's Russell Wilson. If everybody wants him to play this efficient brand of football and get it out on time or something like that, he's not going to be who he has over the last nine years. Like, it's a give or take. If you want the special Russell, if you want the great Russell, if you want the guy that over the last decade has been one of the five best quarterbacks in football, it, you're going to have to take some of that stuff. That should, he, he can't become special. He can't be special without some of the negative aspect of it. And that's just the style of football he plays. So to say, well, Russell shouldn't hold on to the ball that long, well, then you're going to get a four-yard completion, and anybody can do that. So again, I I just don't know. I I I I think what you just you know your 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 first answer, where you if it is about Russell down the road and setting himself up for down the road, um, I agree with you. His mind will have to be made up, and then you have to figure out how you get something for him. The thing is with Pete Carroll, he's turning seventy this fall. I can't imagine he'd 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 um, throw his hands up right. And say, sure. well, that's the end of that. Um, I, I I can't imagine that this this relationship is going to end in divorce um, this summer. I just don't I don't feel it. I don't have that spidey sense, Dan. And I I and Pete's smart enough to also know, um, you know how to how to navigate this. Although that athletic story, yeah. the thing that that leapt out at me was, yeah, that there could absolutely be a moment time on planet Earth where, with all due respect to Brian Schottenheimer. He feels that he's got the ability to tell Russell, forget it, get out of the room, or mm-hmm. say something, make him storm out of it. Uh, it there's just mm-hmm. a lot of confusion for me here, to be honest. Yeah, with you. I, I think there's, I, I think there's three parts to that for me. Okay. Um, n- number one, it begins with, what could you get for him? You know, I think that that's a fair question to ask. If the Chicago Bears, who need a absolute dude at the position, are going to throw you three or four first rounders then it becomes a very real consideration, as great as Russell is. I think the second thing is, what is their opinion on somebody in the draft? They may love a guy like Trey Lance. They may love him and go, well, we love Trey Lance. We think he's going to fall somewhere between 10 and 15. If we get three or four first-round picks, maybe we could package him to go go up and get Trey Lance. 
And the third thing would be this, and I've said this a couple times now, Pete and John Schneider have two experiences in their time together in Seattle. One, early on, when Russell was cheap, and everyone around him was really good and well-paid, and they won the Super Bowl. And then one, when they decided to pay Russell, as they should have, top dollar, because he earned it and he's that good. And they've struggled to replicate that success. They may sit back and go, you know what? We tried it the other way. We tried to do it that way. It is really, really, really hard, and we have one of the best guys. Let's go back to the other way. And I think those are all layers that are part of this conversation for Seattle. Dan Orlovsky here on the Rich Eisen Show. So what is the answer uh, with their, them staying together? If you, you know, you, Dan Orlovsky consultant could be hired by Seattle. But what is the offensive mix here? Because you've got it. To me, DK Metcalf has the ability to wind up number one yeah. in the entire NFL. Like, he, 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 we just saw that leap forward. And Lockett is phenomenal. And they do have a running game that they, that they wisely employ, you know, from time to time. What, what is the answer to let Russ cook? I mean, what, what do we got here, Dan? Because I don't think this is going to be a divorce. I just don't. I don't feel it. Yeah, so it starts with Seth Walder, their, their new offensive coordinator. Um, um, Shane Walder, Waldron, excuse me. Shane, so I was with Shane Waldron uh, three years ago in L.A. when he was really our tight ends coach with the Rams. And you could see super, very much so observant, you know, really paying attention to Sean and Matt LaFleur and those conversations and whatnot. So it starts with him. What's his philosophy? What's his belief with how to take Russell to the next step, so to speak, when it comes to taking less hits, being less on the run? And then I think it's looking at all of Russell's plays and going, okay, the, the – 80% of the plays that we have, Russell, that you play within the structure of the offense, and, and the structure of the offense sometimes gets dumbed down for people, just because we say structure of the offense doesn't mean it's dink and dunk. doesn't mean it's this boring um, elementary passing game. It just means within the structure of everybody tied together, hey, this is a shot play where we're going to roll you out and set you up in between the middle of the field and the hash 14 yards deep, and we're going to try to push the ball 60 yards downfield. If it's not there, you're going to find two to three to a check down or an outlet. That It's still within structure of play. So 80% of those plays, Russell, do we believe that we can play top three positional football and do that? Yes. All right, so then let's look at the other 20%. Why do they happen? Is it because our offensive line is terrible and we're asking them too much in their pass protection schemes? Are you bad at communicating at the line of scrimmage? Do you try to do too much? Is it situational football when it's a one-score? All those things get tied into trying to figure out, because, Rich, it really comes down to three to five plays a game. Three to five plays a game where if you go, you get rid of that ball a second sooner, or we got to build in a hot route for you a little bit more, or you know what, our, our center can't do this. we got to stop asking him to do that. That is all entailing of trying to figure out how to get him happier, quote unquote, on the football field. And I think if, if we boiled it down to the to the uh, to the crux of the matter, Dan. It seems like those three to five plays is where Russ and Pete have a different of difference of opinion on what mm-hmm. to do in those three to five plays, right? And where mm-hmm. where yeah. and and if three those three to five plays that are a difference of opinion, and Russ does what he wants to do and turns the ball over, that's when Pete's like, screw it. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're 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 going to tap out here on on all that business, and we're going to get back to basics, and we're going to try and win football games that way. Uh, that's and that's it. The, right the last thing I would throw into that, Rich, is this: that is not just an offensive identity. You can't do like 
I, I said this about when Cam went to New England this past year with Josh McDaniels. Yes, you want to do those things as an offense, and that might help you play better or more efficient or error-free error on offense, but does it play winning football? You know, like winning football is connected to what your defense is. Sometimes your defense isn't good enough, so you can't do that as a quarterback. Like, I, I do believe Russell got to a point last year. I've said this on NFL Live many times. Russell sits there and goes, i got to score 35 a game. I'm not just trying to play good. I have to play to win. And unless you have the, the, the complementary aspect of the football team, that philosophy on offense doesn't mean it's going to equal wins. That's the real kind of reaching point or whatever that those, those two have to kind of get to a, an agreement on. Few more minutes of smart football talk with Dan Orlovsky, NFL Live, Get Up, NFL, and college football analyst from the worldwide leader in sports. Um, perfect guy also to ask about uh, Stafford in Los Angeles. Knowing Stafford, knowing what he can do, knowing the Rams, knowing McVeigh, knowing what they think he can do. How is this marriage going to work, do you think? Uh, fantastic. I put them as the third team to beat in the NFC, and there's still question marks with the, with the, the Bucks and the Packers, who are going to be 1 2. With some of their free agents, um, I, I'll say this: the style of offense that, for the, the multitudes of play-action pass, the hard ball, which is like that quick fake downhill and trying to get like the 12, 15-yard chunk throws that you got to throw into small windows. Obviously, perfect for Matthew Stafford's skill set, both ball handling and arm strength-wise. And then the big ball play-action, where you're going a little bit more drawn-out fake and you're trying to really get those big throws down the field. That's what that offense missed last year. His skill set. His athleticism, his strong arm is going to be allowed to do that. They've got to add one more speed piece on the outside. I do believe that a wide receiver to kind of take off the top of that coverage. So it's going to help their play action game. Uh, number two, he's going to increase their drop back game. Sometimes the play action pass just doesn't work. Sometimes the defenses are going to commit to stopping that rather than the run or whatnot. And so you got to be able to play play action or drop back football. And that's not something that Jared did well that Matthew Stafford can. So Sean McVay's got a, a comfort level knowing, all right, this guy can cut apart a defense because he's just so good, so smart, seen so much. And then the last thing is he can throw guys open better than Jared. You know, because when you have talent, vision, you see colors, you see windows, you can make those sidearm throws a little bit more. um, That's going to help. And so it's a fantastic scheme fit, style of play fit. I'd say this, Matthew Stafford has had a top 10 defense in his NFL career one time. He went 11-5 and five that year. Hmm. He's never had a top-10 run game, ever. The Rams averaged 136 yards per game on the ground last year. Matthew Stafford's best season is like 89 or something like that. Or That's what he averaged last year. His, his best season is like 101. So he's never had a top-10 defense in a top-10 run game, ever. Never been in this environment. I think for those two reasons – We'll, we will see the best version we've ever seen of Matthew Stafford with the Rams. And Dan Orlovsky, I guess before I let you go, um, you know, this isn't just for me because I'm a, a Jet fan, but the Jets mm. do have a lot um, to say about the next couple of months and how that domino effect can affect everybody. If they keep Darnold, that means yeah. they might trade the second overall pick if they use the second overall pick on uh, a quarterback that makes Darnold available 
for somebody else or the ultimate mother load if they somehow convince the Texans to realize what the rest of the free world is currently realizing, <laughs> um, that they wind up with Watson. What do you think the Jets wind up doing over the next seven weeks that affects the rest of the NFL? Dan Orlando. Well, as I sit here now, March 2nd, I think they'll keep Sam Darnold and trade the second pick. Um, I, I think what they'll do is keep Sam Darnold and make everyone think that they're absolutely head over heels in love with Zach Wilson to force a team to go get him. Candidly, I have not studied Zach Wilson, every snap of Zach Wilson. I've seen a couple games. I'm on fields right now, getting to Zach Wilson fourth in the list. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm intrigued by him. I'm intrigued by fields as well. I think they both have some really interesting traits, but I'd just say this. Be super cautious on packing, uh, passing up on a really talented player because he had an absolute disaster around him. Uh, he's cut from the right stuff, Sam Darnold. He's made from the right mentality. He's still incredibly talented and young. And I just believe that the Jets coaching staff, the timing of when they went to New York, they did not study those young kids yet. So them choosing the Jets mm. over all those other options, I think – tells us what the coaching staff believes of Sam Darnold. As of right now, I think they'll keep him. So the Darnold that we we evaluated in USC and could possibly see still exists based on the the dumpster fire that frequently surrounded him over the first three years of his career. You think that fits the Shanahan system that's being brought over by Robert Sala? Un- unquestionably. That is the perfect system for Sam Darnold. It's mm. a perfect system for a lot of quarterbacks. Sure. It's a very friendly system um but i think it's a really really good fit i always say this don't we should never say fit can the player excel and i think sam Darnold can excel in that offense dan thanks for the time look for my call please keep uh keep looking you're the for best it. brother right Thank back you. at you that's dan orlovsky hmm couple things here i i as you know i'm lockstep with him on stafford here in los angeles you know that i am with you guys and there's a lot of Smoke. I have no idea if it will wind up with actual happening because the Lions brass did speak today saying they think Galladay is a first, you know, top-notch receiver in the league, but, you know, he's a free agent. And boy, oh boy, you want to talk about speed on the outside that could take the top of the defense off, which is what Orlovsky just mentioned the Rams need. What if they tell Stafford, guess what? Here's Galladay. And I don't know how they make it work or make it fit or whatever, but, you know, Les Snead usually figures it out. Where you think that when you just when you think they have no room left to make some sort of stunning maneuver, they do. What would that be like? Woods, Cup, Galladay, Stafford, that line, Cam Akers. For starters at that position, Daryl Henderson, right? I'm assuming Malcolm Brown. I don't know what his contractual status is. But what about that? How about that? What do you think about that? <laughs> There's dynamite. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's just like, oh, Stafford, what did he win? Right? And I know, look, uh, it, I know the name, what the name of the show is and they're my team, whatever, but the Jets do hold a ton of cards here. What are they going to do? What, what they will to? they do? Well, the draft starts with the number two pick. Correct. And... Well, we all know. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so... And so what will they do? What will they do? I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I could say it in different inflection because I don't. I, but it's so interesting how different analysts in our business yes. see things differently. Like Daniel Jeremiah is pretty locked in that they're trading Sam Darnold and taking Zach Wilson number two, 
Dan Orlovsky just said he sees them trading the number two pick. And making it, well, I mean, and making it seem like that uh, they love Zach Wilson so much who's going to come get him and make them a, a ridiculous deal. Could you imagine? Right. And, then they, and then they use all of those draft choices to replenish this team that Daniel Jeremiah said two years ago they needed a Noah's Ark offseason because they need two of everything. Two of everything. Does this excite you or worry you a little bit? Oh. We'll be right back on that. And then, some, and then a new segment. Something I noticed. <laughs> That's it. That's what it's called. I'm, I'm making this up as we go along. Something I noticed. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed check out our new nba show beyond the arc part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I don't know if you're aware, but you going to Yale was brought up on game two of the NBA Finals. No way. Yes, because... Was it the part where the Cavs were really losing at the end? No, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. No. It's that uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who was on the broadcast, said he went to school with you. No way. In a class. Do you... Sorry, Jeff. Don't remember you. <laughs> you weren't that memorable. <laughs> Oops. You don't remember mm-hmm. Jeff Van Gundy? I'm in afraid class? I don't. I'm afraid I don't. Because the reverse is, is true. <laughs> no. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't. Your phone wasn't lighting up from friends saying. No, hey. I wish I'd seen it. I wish I'd seen him. I would have been able to see his face and maybe, you know. But well, I was. I mean, uh, I think we could. Can we bring up a picture of Jeff yeah. Van Gundy? I don't know. So just stroll down memory lane here with uh, with Jody Foster. The one in the middle is Jeff Van Gundy. Does that does that ring a bell that to you? That rings no bell whatsoever. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no class reunions at all with Dean Jody foster and jeff van gundy okay i'm thrilled though that that's that's thrilling news to me we did notice last nba finals i don't think we've had you on since then that we noticed you mentioned on the air that uh, you were classmates with jody foster at yale and i think yeah and then you cheap shot at me afterwards no i don't know i don't like know she brought her on and well, and just well like, total indifference to my existence in the world. Did I cheap shot you there, Jeff? I mean, it was a setup. I, I mean, 
You know, you know what the crazy part is? And stop me if I've told you the story. Go for it. But, so, our freshman year, there was 12 guys on the floor. And we had some, like, brainiac students, and then we had some misfits that didn't belong there, like myself. And so, we all threw in $100 and said, hey, the first guy uh, that gets a date with Jody Foster, you win the money. Right? So, it's 1200 bucks. So I'm coming back from the gym in the early fall, and there's a candy shop right outside the big quad for freshmen. And all these sirens are going by. And so I stop right in front of the candy store and watch the sirens go by. The popcorn is popping. It smells great. And from behind me, uh, someone goes, man, that popcorn smells good. And I turn around, and I'm going to say, yeah, it does. And it's her. (laughs) And I totally choke, and I say, yeah, yeah, and I run to my dorm, right? I was scared. I was intimidated by her. So if she doesn't remember me, it's because I blew my one chance. Oh. Not only is the money, but to meet fame right there. Jeff Van Gundy coming on in hour number two in just about 10 minutes' time. Lots to talk about in the NBA with him. 844-204-RICH, number to doll. I, I know I, you asked me a question before the break. There's more time after Jeff Van Gundy for you to ask me again. <laughs> okay. The question you just asked me if the opportunity the Jets have makes me nervous or excites me. Mm-hmm. So we'll put a pin in that. Put a pin on that. Okay. <laughs> I want to get to a new segment here uh, that I just decided <laughs> I'm going to make up and and do something called something I noticed. <laughs> just something I noticed. Yeah. Something I noticed. I don't know. No, I don't know. I think no it might be just if we want to uh, workshop a drop. Right? No, I don't think there's any. There's no. All right. We'll figure out the the bells and whistles eventually, but just this the first the first one is just a Spartan version of uh, I can't play something no, by no, the no, Beatles. No, no, don't. I get in trouble. It's just something I noticed. Mike, when do I? You know what I mean? I think that's the that's the inflection. Something I noticed. Something I noticed. That's it. Uh, here's what I noticed. Music? Here's what I no no no. It's okay. Here's what I noticed. <laughs> you know, we all remember back in the day, right? You remember all back in the day that uh, back in the day. You're right in the NBA that. Um, you know, certainly it started with our friend uh, Pat Riley, right, back in the day, where he uh, he would wear a fantastic suit. Oh. A lot of these coaches oh. would wear suits. And, now, and then it started, becoming, it started becoming like basically a, uh, a contest as to who could wear the most phenomenal suit. Yep. It was basically head coaches in the NBA were like basic models, like Armani suit models, right? I mean, just in, we can name all different sorts of labels. But... Once the bubble hit in the pandemic, <laughs> the suits went away. Now, yeah. I don't know if it's because that it was a dry cleaning thing or whatever, like that they're not going to bring 15 suits to the bubble or they couldn't, you know, in the Disney bubble, they didn't have the dry cleaning for them, but it went away. And then now, now that they've come back wow. to arenas and there are no fans, the suits are still gone. Suits are gone. Look yeah. at look at Steve Kerr, the different, you know, Kerr was going open neck, which was already becoming... It was a thing. A little, bit, a little bit different. Yeah. Popovich went open neck. Now look at him. But look, Pop brought the, the slacks and the dress shoes. Steve Kerr was wearing Vans. Right? <laughs> On the sideline. And I'm just kind of wondering. Look, you know, if is it because there's no fans? They don't feel like they have to dress up anymore? Or is that what it is? Yeah. Or fa- And fans come back? Will they... Will we ever go back to the suit wearing? Let's hope for not. NBA. Look at Quinn Snyder. He oh, always wow. comes. Look, look at the shine on his shoes in 2019. Now, 
Now look at him. By the way, no one is more pissed that he can't wear a suit, suit than Quinn Snyder. Than Quinn Snyder. <laughs> like, honestly, if when we get Quinn Snyder on the show, do we talk to him about how fa- fantastic his season's going or no. what he thinks on this very subject? Doc Rivers, look at Doc. <laughs> Doc suited and booted <laughs> last on. season, this season. It's like he's going to the gym. Like he's just hopped off the Peloton bike. I like the new look. You do? Yeah. Well, of course you do. Because I mean, the stuff's free. Guy. They don't have to spend any money on it. The stuff's free. Perfect. And two, you can wear the same thing every day and no exactly. one notices. No one would notice. No. So of course you love it, Mike. I, I, I'm with Del Tufo, too, on that yeah, one. I like, I like the casual look. It's the comfortable. You're out there trying to coach a basketball yeah. game. Why look do you need Stan, a suit on? Look at Stan Van Gundy. Like, left side, it looks like Stan is about to sell you a car. On the right, <laughs> it looks like he's buying a car. But they're all matching, if you notice. You could tell on the right, Stan's way I more like comfortable. It. Nobody wants – you're out there sweating, running around, coaching in a suit. You don't want to have yeah. a suit on, man. You want to be able to you move. I don't know. That's what it used to be. And I'm just wondering, is it going to be like baseball? At some point, you know, Connie Mack, they <laughs> stopped – managers stopped dressing like him, and then they started – they all got, you know – Put a, they put on a uniform like they were playing. And I'm just wondering if this – now nobody dresses like Connie Mack anymore. In the NFL, as we know, Tom Landry had the hat. Madden used to have the tie flapping in the wind. Yeah. Then nobody dresses like that. I'm wondering if right now we are watching the end of NBA oh, coaches nah, getting suited and booted for games. They'll go back when the fans are back. And I just wonder, it's just like the bubble was just like, yeah, I'm not bringing a suit. And did they all get together and say, don't bring the suit to the bubble? They did. I think that yeah, was an yeah. agreement. That was yeah. an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get dressed up in the right. bubble. But now that they're out of the bubble and they're back on the road, they're back on the planes, they're back in this, the arenas, and I know there are not fans in every arena, they decided, we're not we're not suiting up. Like, what if one coach decided to just start getting suited and booted? Would, they, would, they, would other coaches look at him and go, what are we doing? <laughs> Probably. What are you doing? Because there's going to be that one who will. Who's going to break it? Who's well, going to go are, back? There are fans back. It's definitely going to be Quinn Snyder. That's your, that's your bet? Oh, he, that's your guess? He cares so much about what he looks like. Right down to the product in his hair, the dress shoes, the perfect suits. What's it going to take? Full arenas? Is that what it is? Again. When it all comes down to it, is it big? No. Is it something earth-shattering? No. Just something I noticed. Imagine Chuck Daly rocking that look. Just something I noticed. Chuck Daly. Yeah, back in, right? Because that guy was I wonder if there are old school coaches saying, I would dress like that. Pat, Pat Riley is Pat so Riley, pissed at oh, all yeah. this. I'm too. just wondering. He's yeah. like Jack Donaghy. Wears a suit at, or wears a tux after six. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, just something I noticed. Well, that's Jeff Van Gundy, that. Good observation, Rich. Thank you. <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy, top of hour number two. Steve Keim, the general manager, has brought J.J. Watt to Arizona. He has landed, by the way. There's an interesting post by the Arizona Cardinals that we'll talk about in hour number two. And Matthew Willig as well. See, Jeff Van Gundy, he likes the way he looks right there. <laughs> right? I think Jeff's the perfect guy to ask this question. I know Susie had both Steve Kerr and Doc Rivers on last week. I would ask them. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this subject matter. Fascinating. Same guys. Same Let guys. me ask Rich, did you notice it last week? Or No, I've been, it's kind of been something I've it's noticed. It's been a thing. It's yeah, just yeah, something yeah. I've noticed, okay, TJ. I'm just saying, but had you the, noticed the, it before that? That's week? why we call it this. There's different ways to look at the title. Something, And you know what I also noticed? Hockey coaches wearing suits still. Hockey coaches are still suiting and booted. And they're the not, players they're gonna, wear suits to the games. Do they? Do, oh, yeah. Do we know that? Do we know that? Uh, 
you my don't have photographs of team playing who played nope. hockey up yeah. until the COVID. Oh, well, you're talking down. about hockey. The hockey players I'm wear. talking about NBA players. No, the NBA. Oh. Do they still require the NBA players to suit Ooh. and boot when they're going to a team playing? That's a good question. Uh, there are a bunch of Instagram pages who do the quote, you know, league fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys are still dressing up and wearing. I'm just, you know, I find it fascinating. Outfits, yeah. it's, is it because there's no fans that we're dressing like runway models for the fans if you're a head coach? See, I'd rather talk about this than whether James Harden is going to keep triple-doubling. Like, triple, triple I don't know. That, that's, that's my <laughs> affliction, or I don't know. If we take this back to Wall Street, you know, Gordon Gecko copied Pat Riley's look. He's not copying any of these looks right never, now. Never, no. never, never. You don't look at these guys and think Blue Horseshoe loves Anna Steele That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm you saying. You don't think any of these guys are water skiing behind yachts? Nope. How many jets they can fly? This is your wake-up call, buddy boy. You know what? And and they're not looking at at the at the Stan Van Gundy on the screen and saying that's wreckable. <laughs> they're not breaking it up because it's wreckable. I'm out of my Wall Street references. I'm done. Let I me mean, look at Kerr. Look at Kerr. He's not he's even tucked in on the right. He's, he's not even fans. tucked in on the right. But the coaches are matched. I like it. Well, you're not going to tuck what he has I in like on this. the right, though. Well, it's Quinn Snyder. Don, put Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's Quinn tucked. Snyder's tucked. Quinn Snyder's tucked. Quinn Snyder's tucked. You know tucked. he wants to break back. Oh, he wants to so break bad. back. So look, bad. Look at tucked. He's got the belt. He's got the belt matching the shoes. You know. And the mask matches the shirt, matches the shoes, matches the... He wants so bad to get back in a suit. You know it. When was the last time uh, Quinn Snyder had a carb? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when he was oh, at yeah, with Duke? Yeah, yeah. That dude is... Put together. I like the casual. You know he wants to break back. I'm all for it. You know. You're right. Good good call. He's the guy. We're betting on you, Quinn Snyder. You want to suit up. You know it. This guy? Not so much. (laughs) 